Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasted on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 105 before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. Then we get you warmed up for Nats baseball. The fellas looking to make it eight out of their last 11 and complete the series sweep against the Oakland Athletics. It is a 135 first pitch, and per usual, you can hear all of the action right here on the flagship station of the Washington Nationals, 1067 The Fan. We've been talking all things Washington Commanders. Coming up in the 12 o'clock hour at about 1220, got a little bit of a surprise for you all. Hopefully, everything goes through, but it should. Uh, We are scheduled to have Commanders' seventh-round pick, Andre Jones, the defensive end out of the Louisiana Lafayette. He is scheduled to join the program and Talk about his NFL debut on Friday night and about how his transition to the National Football League has been. I tweeted it out on Friday night, man. Andre Jones, dread-headed savage. We were talking about this last week. Normally, we equate this to running backs. In sports, normally football, right? If you got dreads, nine times out of ten, you are a bad mamma jamma. Let's just call it what it is, right? If you are wearing dreadlocks, Let's just go through some of the great dreadheads in our day. Al Harris, defensive back for the Green Bay Packers. Asante Samuel, defensive back for the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. You can go with Marshawn Lynch, running back of the Seattle Seahawks. You get my gist here? There are just savage dreadheads at our disposal. Ricky Williams, the pot-loving connoisseur. Shout out to Ricky. He was a bad man, Majama. He had dreadlocks. You see what I'm saying here? You got dreads and you play in the National Football League. Nine times out of ten, you are a bad man, Majama. Andre Jones, like I said, a dread-headed savage. Well, to give you all an update, I teased it before we went to commercial break. Washington having a little bit of attrition in the tight end room. First of all, let's give you a little practice injury report. The guys right now on the field. No pads, no shells, about 10,000 fans, though, in attendance for this unpadded practice. And it just shows you all, man, there is an energy around this football team that I've never experienced or been a part of. I'm excited to see, first of all, fans out there, I guess because it's a Sunday. Everyone's off work. You got the opportunity to come out. It's probably a bad practice to pick to go to because the competition level isn't really going to be heightened because you're, what, 48 hours removed from a game day. But... Fans out there in full force. Tons of people. I'm seeing the uh, photos of the bleachers on Twitter. Just shout out to Burgundy and Gold Faithful for continuing to stick with this football team uh, throughout all the tough times over the past 20-plus years. I want to give you a practice injury report, so to speak. A couple of guys got nicked up uh, on Friday night or were nicked up going into Friday night. We didn't get to see tight end Logan Thomas 
or Sadiq Charles in the preseason opener. Logan Thomas nursing a calf strain. Sadiq Charles also nursing a calf strain. So we got to get some we got to get some calves out there to Ashburn, man. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about a baby goat. But anyway, no Logan Thomas today at practice. The quote from Ben Standick was no sign of Logan Thomas. Chase Young, who after his brilliant rush where he nearly had his first sack of the preseason, he suffered a stinger is what the team is calling it. Uh, He participated in individual drills, but when the team went to the 11-on-11 work, Chase Young not participating. So it'll be interesting to monitor his progress and his status as they get ready to take on the Baltimore Ravens in these joint practices. Uh, Definitely, I think, a really good opportunity for Chase to continue to get work and to get better. So hopefully... Uh, He can get healed up by the time Tuesday or Wednesday rolls around. If not, definitely want to see him uh, in the second preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. Uh, We'll see if they make any corresponding roster moves uh, with these injuries that would show just how severe they are. Haven't seen them sign a defensive end, so I don't think Chase Young uh, is dealing with too much of an issue. Sadiq Charles, who did not play on Friday night in the opener because of a calf strain, he participated Uh, During the install period, he was lining up as the first-team left guard. Uh, But as the case has been the past week or so, when the team went into the 11-on-11 period, uh, Chris Paul, the seventh-round pick from last year out of Tulsa, manning the left guard spot, he got the start uh, at guard on Friday night in the preseason opener. A little bit of an alarming situation. I don't want to say alarming. Gosh, I got to be better with my words because I know all of you out there are probably like, alarming. No, it's not alarming. I'm just... I'm just curious about the health of the tight end position. Washington, before practice, Adam Schefter first on the report. They signed former New York Giants tight end Caden Smith. So I believe a one-year deal or or just a camp deal. And look, they're already having some attrition at that tight end spot. It started during the OTA periods in the spring, losing Armani Rodgers to a torn Achilles uh, Logan Thomas has been in and out of practice the past week or so dealing with the calf strain. He did not play on Friday night. So them signing Caden Smith is interesting to me. I wonder what it means for the severity of Logan Thomas's calf strain. And I'm curious to see what his availability is going to be moving forward. Grant Paulson alluded to it. I've alluded to it every time I've been on these airwaves. Being out there at practice, Logan Thomas is going to be one of the focal points of this Washington Commanders offense. And with him, Dealing with a calf injury right now, you wonder, you know, how quickly he's going to be able to nurse that thing up, and then what type of limitations is it going to cause him to have once the regular season starts. Ron Rivera and company have been adamant, though. Not a big deal. Talking about his calf strain, they just don't want it to be something that lingers throughout the season. So go ahead, get him some extended rest right now. He's well-versed in the offense, and he understands what the hell's going on. So as that continues to play out, we will see What happens at the tight end position? Because we know Logan Thomas is the guy they want to be the starter. But if you watch Friday night, and if you've been reading my tweets and my practice reports and my two-minute drill that I've been posting, this Cole Turner kid, not to be played with. Don't sleep on Cole Turner and what type of impact he can have on this commander's offense come the fall. We talked about it with Grant Paulson. The thing that I'm most impressed with in terms of Cole Turner we knew coming out of Nevada, standing at six foot six, running routes like a damn wide receiver, we knew he was a viable pass catching threat at the tight end spot. But last year, when he came back and returned to play, I believe his first game last year 
was that Thursday night game against the Chicago Bears. When he comes back for that contest, and they're using him, and, and this is football for dummies here, they were using him as their primary sift blocker, meaning they were motioning him across the formation and having him hit the first thing that moves. Being the lead blocker on some of these plays for a tight end that is known mostly for his ability to catch the football, the toughness that he showed last year as a blocking tight end, the willingness to go out and stick his face in there, it showed me a hell of a lot about Cole Turner, and it's got me excited about what he could be for this commander's offense moving forward. Now, that's if Logan Thomas is healthy or not. Like I said during the opening segment of the show, when we were talking about the quarterback position, they have put a lot on Sam Howell's plate. And right now it's trying to figure out what he can digest and what he can handle. During camp, though, and during practices, we have seen so many different personnel groupings, three tight end sets, two running back sets, two tight ends, two running backs, uh, quad sets, four-by-one formations, three-by-one formations. There are going to be so many different ways this Eric Bieniemy offense can attack you. So having depth at the tight end spot, I think, allows them to not deviate from the original plan of this offense. And I think the tight ends are going to be heavily used. I thought before he got hurt that Cole Turner might be a safe bet to lead this team in touchdown receptions because of the high volume of targets we've seen him get during training camp. But he's nicked up right now. It's been the case for this guy the past year and a half. You hope he's able to get back. But if not, they just signed a reinforcement in tight end Caden Smith. And Cole Turner, I think, is so ready to seize the opportunity and potentially be the tight end one for this football team. I, I was thinking that as we were watching the game in studio Friday night, John Bates, uh, who Washington drafted back in 2020 out of Boise State, he is known as a blocking tight end. He had the big-time drop on Friday night. So we know as a pass catcher, he's, he's got some work to do. To me, though, if Cole Turner continues to show that he is a bona fide tough ass, which is what he's shown to this point, how do you not rock with him as your unquestioned tight end, too? I think he's, let me not, because I've seen John Bates in practice hold his own against Montez Sweat. I've seen him hold his own against linebackers and things of that nature. John Bates can block his tail off. But I wonder, man, if Cole Turner can continue to improve that facet of his game, can he maybe leapfrog John Bates on the depth chart? That's all I'm wanting to know. That, that's all I'm curious about. At the end of the day, I think this tight end room has a lot of expectations. Fair. Uh, but I think maybe we're sleeping on them a little bit. I do genuinely feel that way. We talk about them from a physical standpoint, about how big and tall they are. A lot of guys comparing their tight end room to a basketball team. The big separator for me with that group is going to be health. Can they stay healthy? Because I know during the pre-draft process, fans were clamoring for Washington to draft Dalton Kincaid with their first-round pick, the tight end out of Utah State. And I said it at the time, and I feel like Maybe if I say it now, I might be putting my foot in my mouth. They have so many options at that position already. Kind of, let's call it what it is. They're an unheralded bunch. 
as far as name recognition goes. But in terms of, like, talent and their ability to play the damn position, it's not like Washington was bare at the tight end position, right? It's not like they were butt a ball naked, right? They've got guys that can go out and produce. It's just about can they do it in regular season action. We keep talking about how great of a camp Cole Turner had last year. John Bates, we've seen him do it at the highest level, showing off his ability to block. But the health is going to be the number one thing. And right now, not looking good in terms of health uh, when it comes to Logan Thomas. The hope is that he can get back out on the practice field sooner rather than later. Uh, But I wouldn't be surprised if this was an extended uh, sit-down for Logan Thomas because Ron Rivera's alluded to this multiple times already this summer. We want Logan to be ready when the games count. So I get not wanting to push him through a calf strain. I get wanting to allow him to nurse that injury as long as possible. Nothing wrong with that. I just wonder, in the meantime and in the in-between time, does Cole Turner take Logan Thomas' job? Because if you see enough from Cole, which which I expect you to see enough because I think he's a damn good football player, if you get enough out of Cole Turner, what happens to Logan Thomas? Does he take snaps away from Logan? I don't know. I'll be a messy here. At the end of the day, the hope is that Logan can get healthy sooner rather than later. And that Cole Thomas, Cole Turner, excuse me, can continue to ascend uh, as a young tight end on this roster. Want to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll open up the phones here. MGM National Harbor Lister Lines wide open. Any of your thoughts from the preseason opener Friday night against the Cleveland Browns? When we come back, we will flip to the defensive side of the football. And I'll be honest, I was none too pleased with the performance of the starters. We'll break all that down next right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 105 before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. We've been talking all things Washington Commanders, breaking down every angle of the preseason opener from Friday night. The MGM National Harbor Listed Lines wide open 
for your thoughts and your analysis. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. My guy Rocky Pinnock tweets at me and says, kind of contrarian take here. We're overreacting. It takes some time to build cohesion. Preseason is the time to make those mistakes. I appreciate the tweet, my man. I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me when there's one guy holding back an entire position group and an entire side of the football. And it seemed like Friday night, Andrew Wiley was the weak link on this offense. And you hope as we get closer to the regular season and the summer progresses that he gets better. He gets better. Uh, man, T wig seventeen twenty one says when it comes to the old line play, they have to play the best players, not the players that they are most comfortable with. I think that is a very interesting point. Because when we look at the contract of Andrew Wiley, $24 million he's making over the span of three seasons, I believe, $8 million per. It ain't, it ain't dirt cheap, but it isn't expensive. And I think the contract, the contract that this team handed out to Andrew Wiley is, is very indicative and reflective of who he is as a player. I thought Grant Paulson laid it out beautifully for us. He's not making anywhere near top tackle money, and he's not at the bottom, but it's a little bit above the middle. So with that being said, I hope this isn't the case, and, and Eric Bieniemy doesn't strike me as that type of guy. But as one of the last guys tweeted at me and said, the best five got to play up front. Doesn't matter about your personal feelings. Doesn't matter about your, your comfortability or your familiarity with a guy. It's about playing the best five offensive linemen. And I'll be honest with you, after watching, <laughs> after watching this, this football team Friday night, I'm not sure if Andrew Wiley is one of the best five offensive linemen on this football team. That is for this coaching staff and Andrew Wiley, for that matter, to figure out here over the next couple of weeks. The beautiful thing I love about the way Washington's offseason set up, you can't really run and hide, right? You can't duck no smoke in this situation because it doesn't get any easier moving forward. You have to go up against the Cleveland Browns, who spared you, didn't even throw Miles Garrett out on the field. Now you get to go up to Baltimore in their place. It's going to be hot. Look at the forecast for this week. It's going to be spicy. We may hit triple digits again this week. So (laughs) it is going to be very interesting to see how this offensive line handles the joint practices against the Baltimore Ravens. And I feel like, and we don't have any indication of this. This is just pure speculation from me. I wonder how the joint practices will impact the playing time Monday night in the preseason game. It's fair to wonder that. They got two practices against Baltimore this week. Then they're off until Monday Night Football, August the 21st. They will take on the Ravens in an actual preseason game. My my wonder is, will the practice session during the week determine how much guys play? I told you I'd give you all an injury update. Fildaria Mathis also went down in the Washington Commanders preseason opener. Uh, He was not out on the practice field. That according to our own J.P. Finley, uh, who just tweeted that out. So a couple of injury situations to monitor as we get ready uh, for the joint practices against Baltimore. Right now, though, when I go out to the MGM National Harbor Lister Lines, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. We've talked about 
the Washington Commanders starting offense. We talked about the offensive line. We talked about Sam Howell. Give me your thoughts. What did you think? And how do you think the team fared in the preseason opener Friday night against the Cleveland Browns? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Let's go out to Mitch in New Jersey. What's going on, Mitch? Mitch, are you there, buddy? Oh, I'm sorry. Lynn, Lindy, on my call. How's it going today? Good. How you doing? Pretty good. You got to like the well-balanced. It's live and die with Sam Howell, and I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, if he doesn't work out, I think he'd be drafting the quarterback next year. And he'd be a lot of good ones. And Jacoby's got himself a good career as a backup. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, buddy, I appreciate the call as always. Mitch, I don't I don't know if Mitch is going through anything, but he, he, he sounded sad on the line. Chris, I don't know if you can if you can handle this fast enough. If we can play the world's tiniest violin in honor of our last caller, Mitch in New Jersey, I think. I think it'd be more than more than fair. One thing that I continue to see, and I'm not going to say I don't understand it, because I do. There's been some frustration out there within the Burgundy and Gold fan base about this football team's last two second-round picks. Valerian Mathis, who missed all of last year with the ACL tear and is injured right now. And then this year's second-round pick, Quan Martin, who is called a spade a spade, struggled a little bit in the preseason opener Friday night against the Cleveland Browns. Their last two first-round picks, man, it doesn't look like either of them are going to be major contributors to this football team in their first and second seasons. And that, that concerns me. The one thing that I always give Ron Rivera the benefit of the doubt with, despite them having just a complete piss poor playing at the quarterback position over the past couple of years. I I thought the draft track record has been pretty good. But when you look at the last two second round picks and Phil Mathis and Quan Martin, who we've only seen in one preseason game, the jury's still out very much on both of those two guys. But the early returns, man, it's like, wow. You know, when you're having issues up front along your offensive line and you choose to address two positions where you already have depth at in back-to-back off seasons. It's, uh, it's interesting, man. I wonder moving forward, and I hate to, like, do this, and I hate to, like, try to put a big amount of pressure on guys, and I hate to try to overreact, but it just, it just is what it is at this point. I need to see more from both of those two cats. And as the season and the offseason progresses and we get closer uh, to week one of the regular season, man, I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to fare. There's a lot of pressure on both of those two young men. And I said it uh, about a week and a half ago during my training camp two-minute drill. And I wasn't even really including Quan Martin in this when I was talking about this position group. I very well think that this commander's secondary may end up rivaling the defensive front as the best unit on the football team when it's all said and done. I continue to talk about it. They've got tremendous depth. They've got versatility, that position flex that Ron Rivera and company constantly are talking about. It is on full display in this Washington Commanders secondary and being the second year in this match zone system that they implemented last year under Jack Del Rio. I expect them to take 
major strides in the right direction. The question for that bunch, as is the question for every group on this football team, health. Health. Can they stay healthy? Your best ability is availability. And it seems like with the depth that this group has at safety and corner, they should be able to overcome an injury or two at the cornerback spot. I remember in years past, we're having to sign guys off the street because the corners that you had during camp and the corners that you had on your practice squad just wasn't cutting it. We talked about it with Grant Paulson, Christian Holmes, and what he brings to this secondary, specifically what he did Friday night in the preseason opener. He may be beginning to solidify himself as this team's cornerback four. That's only one game. But to me, him taking what he's done in training camp on the practice field and then translating that over to preseason action, I think it's great. And if you're this coaching staff, you can't really ask for anything more. Um, But I feel like the big thing that I'll be monitoring with Christian Holmes, because I, I assume <laughs> he played that well Friday night that maybe he begins to get some first-team reps. Maybe he gets to go up against a couple of different guys. But I'll say this, man. In terms of depth in the secondary, in this defense as a whole, despite the slow start that they got off to on Friday night, I think the sky could still be the limit for this group. I just feel like they got to start fast, which is why it was disappointing what we saw on Friday night. On offense and on defense, they've got to start fast. From a depth standpoint, though, I feel like they're in a good position in terms of the secondary. The defensive line depth, I thought, has always been great. It's it's just interesting, though, man. As we continue to progress throughout the offseason, we will learn more about the young cats on this roster. I was reporting during training camp that they're trying out their fourth-round pick, Brayden Daniels. They're trying him out at the left tackle position right now, and he is, he's been rough. It's been trial by fire and baptism, so to speak, from this guy. And I feel like if we continue to see issues at the tackle spot with Andrew Wiley, maybe, just maybe, Sam Cosby gets kicked out to tackle. And then they slide Brayden Daniels into the position. I think he'll be a lot better out of the pro level. Uh, that being offensive guard. One of my favorites on the line, Kevin and Arlington. What's going on, baby? Hey, Linnell. Uh, I'm going to just take a little issue with the kudos to the drafting of the high picks. Let's look at it, okay? Mm-hmm. We've got Chase. We've got Jamin. We've got Diami. And we've got the two you mentioned, Phil Mathis and Quan Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's early in all of them. It's even early still with Chase. But let's be serious. We have five players I just talked about. In the last four years, taking in the top two rounds, they're not kicking butt and taking names. Now, I'm really glad Dotson is, and I'm really glad Forbes is. Mm-hmm. I mean, amen to that. But on that theme also, why not put Stromberg in at center? What oh, is Kevin, you're preaching. Doing? What is Nick Gates doing to set the world on fire? He's not. And then just one other thing I want to hear what you have to say. Well, now we are so deep mm-hmm. at wide receiver 
because I do think Yami Brown's finally coming around, yes. and at DB, this is the time to make a trade with a team that's weak in one of those position groups that might have a swing tackle who's a hell of a lot better than Andrew Wiley. I want to see a trade. I do yeah. not want to wait for a cutdown day. I, I mean, it. they have a liability at right tackle. I, I completely agree with that. I want to touch on Ricky Stromberg here for a second because I, I've been very high on what I've seen from him during training camp, Kevin. He's held he's his own during the one-on-one blocking stuff. And look, anytime you play the way that he played in the SEC, I know you got yeah. chops. I know you can play. To me, I, I think he is better suited for this offense, Kevin, because of the mobility. You saw it on Friday Absolutely. night, Kevin. Do you, do you remember the screen pass to Brian Robinson Friday yeah. night that went for nothing? That's, yeah. that's, that's Nick Gates' block to make, and he was unathletic enough to get out there yeah. and make the block. So I, I wonder moving right. forward if the mobility will end yeah. up giving Stromberg a leg up. Well, remember, we started Chase Roulier early in his career. He was a six-rounder, and he was right. just fine until he got hurt, okay? Exactly. I don't know. To me, let's be athletic on that offensive line. Let's not be old and average because yes. that's what we got with Wiley, and that's what we got with Gates. And frankly, that's what we've got with Leno. Although I like Charles, he's solid. Like yeah. like Grant said, he's solid. So we'll, we'll we'll deal with that. Hey Kevin, I appreciate your call as always. We may hope to hear from you soon. Want to take a quick time out when we come back? Let's go full scale into this Washington Commanders defense. I'll tell you what I saw on Friday night that's got me a little bit concerned. That's more. And next here on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We are simulcasted over on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 105 before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you warmed up for Nats in Athletics. That one, uh, first pitch set for 135, and per usual, you can hear all of the action right here on The Fan. I want to talk about the Commander's preseason opener some more. I want to talk about the defensive side of the football because we've pretty much spent all show long, the first two and a half hours of this program, uh, we've, we've been talking about Washington and how they looked on offense. We've broke down Sam Howe. We've talked about the offensive line. We've highlighted the lowlights of Andrew Wiley, the team starting right tackle. I want to talk about defense here for a second because that is the group that has all of the expectations uh, in terms of why we expect Washington to be a good football team this year. That is the group that, in all actuality, is the heart and soul of this roster. That is where most of your resources have been allocated. That is where most of the money is being made. 
That defense, that defense with drafting two members to your secondary with the two richest picks back in April, that defense, to me, should be top three or bust, right? They have to be a top three unit, a top five unit, or, or the season is a failure. That That's just how I feel about it, right? With that being said, the performance... The performance that we saw from them on Friday night, and I'm trying to mince my words here and not be too reactionary and not try to call guys out or or, or just overreact. It's not what I want to do. I could best put it like this. I could best put it like this. You better not see a 12-play, seven-minute opening drive to start week one against Arizona or heads are going to roll. Let's just call it what it is, right? If we get that type of lackluster, piss-poor, embarrassing performance out of this first-team defense week one against Arizona, hell, even if we see a semblance of it in practice this week against Baltimore, I'm going to have something to say. And here's why. I'm not trying to nitpick. I'm not trying to find something to be angry about, as a lot of you all accuse me of doing. I'm calling a spade a spade, right? The strength of this football team is supposed to be the defense. Yet, two straight years, we've seen them get off to a super slow start on that side of the football. And if that first drive Friday night was any type of indicator, we're in trouble. Now look. I am going to bet on this defense to succeed more times than not, strictly based off the talent that that unit has. But, man, Friday night, what we saw on that opening drive from Cleveland, 12 plays, 67 yards, to eat up 6 minutes and 58 seconds a game clock, that just can't happen. It just can't. Let's go through and look at it. Six-yard dump off to Elijah Moore to start. Dump off to Jordan Atkins. An end around or a jet sweep to Elijah Moore that goes for 18 yards on the very next play. A Deshaun Watson scramble that goes for nine yards. On the next play, a nine-yard run. You see what I'm saying here? You see the common theme? Big plays given up on the ground. That's what's frustrating me. And the reason I'm upset, the reason I'm upset about the way the defense performed in that opening series. Now, granted, Emmanuel Forbes, Cam Curl, Montez Sweat, sticking their face in there and getting dirty when it mattered, getting that goal line stop. That is, that's fine. It makes everything a hell of a lot better. But to me, it's everything that led up to that, which is the problem. See, it wouldn't be an issue if last year, during your most three important games of the season, it wouldn't be an issue if you were able to stop the run last year when it mattered, and you couldn't. Week 15 versus New York, Saquon Barkley runs roughshod over you. Week 16 against San Francisco, you give up a 71-yard touchdown on the ground to Ray Ray McLeod. Unacceptable. Week 17 against Cleveland, with your season on the line, you couldn't stop Nick Chubb. 
So you see why I'm frustrated and animated about this defense's inability to stop the run on Friday night? That simply cannot happen. Let's call it what it is. That cannot happen. This guy's not getting off blocks. This linebacker's not trusting their eyes and flying to the football. They didn't play fast. And it's a damn shame because Jack Dorio, the savant that he is defensively, I'm not blaming Jack Dorio for what happened. I'm blaming the players. Jack Dorio wasn't not getting off blocks. Jack Dorio wasn't not setting a good edge. There were so many little small details that this defense did not pay attention to Friday night. In one drive, it's alarming. No Nick Chubb, no Amari Cooper. Yet the Cleveland Browns were able to dominate you up front. Let's call it what it is. They got pushed around up front. And for a group, for a group that has the talent that Washington has up front with those four first rounders, there should never be a scenario where they're getting pushed off the football and having the, the, the line of scrimmage recreated for them. See, my, my issue, and people try to make the excuse of, oh, it's the Cleveland Browns offensive line. It's a darn good group. Oh, I understand that. I understand the Cleveland's got a good group. Chase Young had a hell of a rush against Jedrick Willis. It, but, but if Cleveland's a good group, what the hell are we? Four first-round picks. We are supposed to be the group in the National Football League. And the way that they came out Friday night on that opening drive was unacceptable. It just was. It just was. I hope this week against Baltimore, they're ready and got their big boy pants on. Don't show up. Don't show up to Owings Mills on Tuesday for that practice ready to go. I'm I'm, I'm begging them. Please don't be ready and see if you won't get your teeth kicked in by the Baltimore Ravens. Don't be ready if you want to. Because see, the Ravens, we know what their bread and butter is offensively. They want to run the football. You've got to deal with Lamar Jackson. You've got to deal with J.K. Dobbins. You've got to deal with Gus Edwards. Do I need to name more names? You get the point. This Ravens offense up front, physically imposing. So if Washington wants to really live up to the hype and the expectations of being a top five defense in the National Football League, they've got to be better in these joint practices against the Ravens. And even more important to me, which I feel like I'm I'm on the, the contrary side of this, I feel like the preseason game is more important than the joint practices because you cannot match game tempo in practice. You just can't. So while I'm going to be tuned in to the joint practices, that preseason game Monday night, I hope, I hope they play. And I hope Ron Rivera and this coaching staff plays it up. Baltimore, after their win last night, 24 consecutive preseason wins. Need I say more to this Washington Commanders defense? Need I say more? They've got to have something to get them up and revved up to play Monday night because they didn't come out ready to play on Friday. Point blank, period. So maybe it's the streak. Maybe it's the streak that gets this group going. Maybe it's them getting chewed out in a film session by Jeff Scanina and Jack Del Rio that gets them going. Something's got to give because the effort that we saw from that first team defense on Friday night was unacceptable. I'm going to take your calls on this. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines wide open. 
1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Straightforward question for you all. Are you concerned about the performance of this starting defense in the preseason opener against Cleveland? I'll give you my thoughts. Let's take your calls next here on The Fan. Just getting rolling here on this Sunday afternoon edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge of movement, Linnell Willingham. Riding with it till 105 before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They get you warmed up for Nats and A's. Curly W is trying to make it a series sweep. Winners of 11 of their last 13 from Nats Park, including 7 out of their last 10. So hopefully another Curly W can go in the books this afternoon. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler on the call. It is a 135 first pitch. And per usual, you can hear all of the action right here on your flagship home of the Washington Nationals, 1067. The fan. Coming up in about a half hour, Commander's rookie defensive end, Andre Jones, set to join the program. He had a hell of a preseason debut on Friday night against Cleveland. We'll get his thoughts on how it felt to put the jersey on for the first time. And we'll also ask him about the performance of the defense as a whole. We were talking about the starters on defense before we took a timeout. And I want to go to the phones on this. MGM National Harbor Lister lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. The Cleveland Browns Friday night during their opening possession, their opening drive of the game. No Nick Chubb, no Amari Cooper. They go 12 plays, 67 yards. And they eat up six minutes and 58 seconds o'clock. They were running the ball on the edges. They were running the ball in between the tackles. It was concerning for me, strictly based off of why this team didn't make the playoffs last year. And I know everyone wants to point to quarterback and the offensive line wasn't good enough. That means nothing to me because at the end of the day, this defense is supposed to be that. This defense is supposed to be a top five unit. Let's go back to last year, Sunday Night Football, Week 15 against the New York Giants. In a game you absolutely had to have, why did they lose? Because the New York Giants ran the ball 30 times for 128 yards, including 4.3 yards a pop. Saquon Barkley, in that fourth quarter, ran rough shot. Just call it what it is. Daniel Jones, at points, ran rough shot. So that's why you lost against the Giants on Sunday Night Football. You couldn't stop the run. When you needed to, you couldn't. Week 16, the debut of Chase Young in Santa Clara on the road, taking on the 49ers. Defensively, you just weren't good enough. Ray Ray McLeod has a 71-yard jet sweep that completely blew the doors off of this football game. On the evening, San Francisco, 26 carries, 153 yards, six yards a carry, and two touchdowns. So when I say the running, when I say stopping the run was an issue for this defense dating back to last year, I'm not crazy. I'm giving you real deal numbers here. I'm not pulling this out of my wazoo. This is what the hell happened last year. Against Cleveland, when you needed it the most. Literally, a win-and-in situation against the Browns. Couldn't stop the run. Cleveland, week 16 last year. Makes me want to throw up reading this. 30 carries, 146 yards, 
4.9 yards a pop. You gave up runs of 35 yards. You gave up runs of 21 yards. That can't happen. It just can't. So when I see that same issue resurface in preseason game number one, I'm going to have an issue with it. The question is, are you all concerned about it? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Question is very simple. See a couple of you all starting to file in on the phones and you don't agree. That's fine. Are you at all concerned about the way Washington's starting defense played Friday night in the preseason opener against the Browns? Please blow my line up. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. We'll take your calls next. Plus, we'll start to look at some of the rookie quarterbacks across the National Football League making their preseason debut. All that and more coming up next right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 